Adjusting to your room, adjusting to your state, adjusting to your country. You adjusting to your life, adjusting to your job, adjusting to your heartache. There's a thing inside that you pretend. Yowza, and welcome to another episode of Jen and Her Jammies with me, Marvin Schneider, the ever-present Jen Ward. We've got Gunter and we've got Little Jen. What an audience. <laughs> what well, a panel. <laughs> well, the thing is, Jen wanted a date night, and I didn't know that in stuff until I put on my pajamas, and then she wanted me to pull out her, her party dress. So, of course, then Gunter had to put on his suit. And he's not really happy about it, but he knows he can't put up a stink or else it's not worth dealing with Jen when she's on a tear. So it's better to just like suck it up and put on it. But he's doing a little bit. Can you tell? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't mind. It's just, you know, he was grumbling a little bit, putting on a suit. He doesn't like wearing an off the, off the rack suit. And... He definitely likes it tailored. I guess she's got her false eyelashes on too. I know that's um that's so cool. Anyways, I don't think she needs them. I think it makes her look mad a little bit, but she's happy. Well, uh, and you're all matched, so <laughs> that's worry. great. He's just you're... focused, John. <laughs> So you're saying we've done um, a number of recordings this morning already. It's actually quite um, quite an intense process doing all the recordings for a couple of days. And you said that you know all of the energy work you you feel as if you're out of your body. Would you like to explain that a little bit? Yeah. So um, the thing is, is like it's like like I know where my head is in relationship to the these guys and with the computer and stuff and that's not where my my awareness is my awareness is way up a lot higher like i'm looking down on the whole scenario and um you know the human energy system isn't locked in the body it's supposed to hover and stuff but mine really hovers and stuff so um, but, and do you have this experience often well yeah, I think I have it more like when I do energy work, like when I do a radio interview or something, I it's hard for me to walk or when I get up, it's hard for me to walk. And what it is, is like, I'm like really top heavy as far as my energy is much bigger than can be contained in the body. And so I actually have this walking stick that helps me. And, and if you have these scenarios of any of these adepts, like and they have a walking stick. Right. It's not because they're crippled or because they can't, they're feeble or anything. It's because their energy system is so big, it, it doesn't contain in the physical body. So mm. they almost need the walking stick to um, temper where they are in the physical. Mm. And I find it really interesting because I use the walking stick and I feel like, like one of the adepts when I do that. And it's, it's totally not intentional. I'm not trying to mock anything up. It's just, I need it because I'm like, I don't know. People have always told me I need to ground and stuff. I don't know how you do that when you're doing global healing work 24 seven. And 
the microcosm is so inconsequential yeah. in relationship to the macrocosm, the energy work you're doing. Yeah, and I know, and I'm beginning to realize that. So quite often when we're having conversations, um, not when we're recording podcasts, but we're having conversations and I'm predominantly sort of grounded in the physical and um, quite often it's very difficult for you to, you know, um, because of all the energy work that you're doing, um, sort of do, you know, to be in the same space. And hmm. so it's an interesting experience. Um, have interacting extensively with a dynamic healer like you for someone like me, who's predominantly um, experiencing in the physical. But the thing is, I see you as a dynamic healer. I don't differentiate. We just do it differently. I see most yeah. people as a dynamic healer. Yeah. And so the thing is, is that when, when we get done with this and we're trying to figure out, you know, production like thumbnail and music and show, and it's yeah. like, I can't even think because, <laughs> because we operate above the mental realms in doing this. And, and that's the beauty of what we're doing here. It's so simplistic, but we're pulling people out of their lower bodies into the higher realms. Some people for the first time ever. Yeah. And it's so, um, it, it's so difficult for me then to transition back into the lower bodies. Yeah, it's like, Marvin, I don't know, you're going to have to like, you're going to have to lead me through <laughs> mentally, right? That's what happens with us. <laughs> That's right. Hey, I, can at I tell you? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. At first, I think you thought I was just being lazy or just like whining or something. But then I think you realized that I'm really. No, uh, no, I've never thought you were being lazy or whatever. Um, sometimes it is a little bit frustrating. Um, but the thing is, the more that we work together, the more I understand um, the kind of experiences that you are having without sort of really fully understanding the experiences, because I don't think I ever will. But um, uh, but yes, I am getting much better at that. Can I tell you a funny story? I'm just having a reaction that that made me cry. As a, and it's almost like to have someone even get a sense of understanding of, of what it entails to be me is like, <laughs> it's like yeah. validated. And I'm not the only one, I'm sure everybody feels that way. But yeah, so that caused a reaction. Yeah, I'd love a funny story. <laughs> okay, so this funny story relates to an experience that I had about, let's call it 26, 27 years ago, when I was interviewing for my first professional job. And I was in the interview room um, with a colleague who you know, ended up getting the job just so the listener knows the, the punchline of the story. But as being interviewed, I was having a series of interviews over you know, a whole day. It was a very exhausting process. So one of the last interviews was with a guy, I won't mention his name, um, and he was you know, asking a little bit about myself, not from a, you know, what do you know, you know how technically competent are you, um, but he was sort of asking more questions about myself and, you know, what makes me tick, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how the conversation got there, but I was basically describing that, you know, quite often I have the experience that I'm observing myself, you know, from over here. It's a little bit like, um, it's a little bit like sitting, you know, my energy field is sitting in the baseball stadium, you know, watching the baseball game, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm in the game, but I'm sitting watching. And, 
And this is the funny punchline. He goes, that's really interesting. I can see through walls. And I go, really? You're weird. <laughs> but he ended up hiring me. <laughs> so there you go. Was he having a pissing contest with you? <laughs> I don't know. But look, he's a he's an interesting character and um, we work very effectively together. So I think um, part of the work that we're doing is inviting the mainstream uh you know, of society, and I predominantly operate in the business world, to, uh, you know, interact and accept people that have differences and nuances because those nuances and differences are really valuable. Um, so, but it's not always easy. Anyway, enough of that. Can I, well, actually, what you were describing is watching yourself in the ballpark. That's exactly what I'm explaining and yes. happening right now. Did yeah, you hence... In the same thing? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hence why I told the story. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, we thought we would entitle this episode The Controlling Eye, E Y E. So, and actually, just... it's the E Y E, but it's also the I am. So, yep. this is like probably information that you're not going to get anywhere else. I don't know if anyone else. I have never heard this before. And can I just say as a bit of a preface before you take over, I, when I was listening to some of your earlier podcasts before we, you were recording video on YouTube, there were a lot of podcasts around the controlling eye and various other things. And I found those podcasts somewhat confronting but certainly addressing issues from a different vantage point so uh, you felt it was important that we address it in in this podcast so jen over to you the controlling eye so just as a disclaimer i'm not trying to be um i'm provocative in sharing this yeah. i i literally am getting information from my clients that i don't think is out there and yeah. and it's like if, if I'm able to stumble upon this stuff and it's, it resonates with someone else who, who doesn't understand why they're having reactions to certain things or why they're coming up against like limitations where they're not getting anywhere. Mm -hmm. If this helps them, then so be it. Right. So, Absolutely. So in, in the spiritual elite groups, the I, the I am is the upgrade. Like, because Jesus said, I am that I am, right? Yeah. Meaning that we all are the collective and I am is God, which is great. But then the more I've been doing work, um, the more that's been being revealed to me that everything that we understand as being spiritual is contaminated. It's yeah. all been corrupted. And people thinking that whatever they are receiving, if it's mm. out of doctrine, is pure is a deception so and that's true with the i am that i am even the expression people like to say in the spiritual realms they have their little um things we are all one mm -hmm. and you've heard me say that is like that just puts a knot in my stomach what mm. it's trying to do is subjugate the collective into one one so it's trying to subject to we are all one it's taking the collective and and diminishing it down to one microcosm so the upgrade and people have a hard time with with me they they might get upset at that like 
I'm diminishing their beliefs and I'm not trying to. If it works for you, that's great. But for me, the upgrade is we are all, we are, excuse me, we are all everyone. Yeah. So it's not so small. We are one. And it's like the one is limiting and the I am are limiting. Okay. So, so I did a session with this woman who couldn't, I don't remember why she came to me and stuff, but she couldn't open up to spiritual stuff and she couldn't trust. And what, what came through was something from beyond this whole, this whole cycle of existence, you call them epochs. Look, that's a term that I've become familiar with. Yeah. Okay. So it's from a different epoch and it, what it was, was in a, and I don't even know if it's this time or reality or if it's real on the physical or not, but it was real to her and it may be real to other people and it resonates as a truth for me. So in this other reality, there was a controlling race and they were like uh, more aware and perceived in energy. And what they had done is they kind of implemented like viewing surveillance cameras everywhere. And it's almost like we were going in that direction where there's surveillance cameras everywhere. And they just got used to them. And they called them the controlling eye, the surveillance eye, E-Y-E. And so then they were in place for generations and generations. And they got to be just the E-Y-E, the I, the I is watching. And when she, she was part of the race of people who created this control and faction, and she was part of the technology that created it. And she didn't realize that it was going to be used to subjugate everyone by watching them. And she tried to dismantle it. And so what they did to her in that awareness is they lobotomized her. And so she couldn't remember any of her Akashic records. She couldn't even access them. She was like so dense to her past lifetimes. And for some reason, I was able to access that aspect of her that was hiding and seeing how they were using the control and I. E-Y-E. And so they, she tried to, she tried to dismantle it back then and it didn't work. They got to her and they lobotomized her energetically. And now fast forward to now and that control and I after generations became just the I. And they became used to it and they separated from their freedom of not being surveil um that'll do and, and so you know why i'm laughing i'll tell you i'm laughing i'll tell them afterwards that'll be the dessert is why i'm laughing right now so 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 they got accustomed to being watched and they got so accustomed to it they just called it They knew it was a force of individuals more powerful than them. And they just called it the I. 
and after generation and generation they just relinquished their freedom and they saw this surveillance eye as more of a god than of a um, uh, um, disruptive technology hmm. yeah disruptive energy that was subjugating them yeah. and then they got diluted more and more and they started to revere the eye yeah. And then it changed to from the EYE to the I. But, yeah. it, and then they showed me that it bleeds through this, this current epoch through like the um, third eye or the mm -hmm. um, eye in the money. Like on our money is the third eye, but it's the controlling eye. Okay. And, and just so that the listeners know, you are talking about American currency. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Because it's my only reference point. Sorry. That's okay. We've got an international audience. Yeah. And um, so, so, but that was like worshiping this controlling eye. And even right. though people don't realize the origin of it, yeah. by deferring to it like that, it still subjugates them on some level. Yeah. And it even comes through like the, the controlling sun, like, like they associated the eye with Ra, which was yeah. the sun, which wasn't the sun in itself is not controlling, but they they um, transferred the controlling eye onto the sun so that they could um, justify it. So it's not that Ra was, well, maybe it is, but there was some um, controlling aspects of Ra as well. And I know that's going to upset people, but if 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 it's good for you, that's fine. If it's if you've outgrown that, then this might be something that you want to do. You might want to do the energetic cleanse from the SFT worksheets from my website on the controlling I, E-Y-E. So what happens with people now is when they say I, I am that I am, they're basically given deference to the controlling I, which they don't realize. Yeah. And the universal mind within meditation is actually a derivative of the controlling I. And so, so when people think that they're, they're given, they're tapping into the highest truth, they may be not, and that might be the limitations that they're feeling and their spiritual um, journeys is because they're actually hidden in a glass ceiling of the universal mind, the universal I, the I that I am, is all part of the controlling I. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. <clears throat> there's a little say... bit more. There's a little okay. bit more with that. And this is the creepy part. Not that that's not creepy. So you know how the Alexa is like part of a computer and you can conjure it up and say Alexa and wherever it is it'll answer your questions yeah so I've gotten freaked out by mine because it, it's sensitive to my energy so I'll go to the bathroom and my my Alexis is like spooling you know it's like creeping me out and stuff so I don't trust the technology of Alexa because I don't know where this information is going what it's mm -hmm. connecting me to and I just don't know that yep. but what what alexa has done 
has helped me understand when people are tapped into the ego, when they talk about I am this or I'm so great, I'm so wonderful. Even in the taps, we were doing them from the I perspective. Yeah. What that does is it taps in to the controlling I. Yeah. Just like the Alexa taps into the computer, the cyberspace. So whenever you talk about I am this or I am that, it it brings the attention of that controlling I energy into what's happening to you in the moment and it's able to subjugate the experience somehow through that. All right. So there is a lot to unpack there. So a couple of comments I would make uh, straight up. So you did suggest doing the energetic cleanse on the controlling eye, um, mm -hmm. so to cleanse from that. And you can download the energetic cleanse on the website, genuinehealing.com. There's an SFT protocols menu on the top and then there's a sub menu for the energetic cleanse and then there's a link that you can click to download the energetic cleanse so that's that just a little bit of housekeeping the next thing to say about that is that about seven or eight months ago you upgraded all of your tapping protocols away from you know um i renounce this you know i release this to we and so all of the protocols are now written, um, you know, from the perspective of we, uh, we and our. So that's uh, an important part of the upgrade. And the reason for that is because of the insights that you had around the controlling eye. Yeah, so, I, so if you do them with the eye, it, it might have been um, a way to get the tasks out there where they won't, won't be um, dismantled because on some level, maybe they were ineffective doing the eye because it's part of the control and eye. So you're claiming yep. it. So, but now when you do we, it's almost like sneaking past the control and eye and actually. Yes, because you've said many times that the nature of the tapping in the way that it's done three on the head, once on the chest, once on the abdomen is a way to circumvent the ego. And so uh, transitioning from I to we might also um, circumvent the ego, which is a, a great aspect. The other thing I was going to say is one thing I know about you, Jen, is that you are absolutely 100% all about uplifting humanity and, um, and um, giving, bringing back people's individual empowerment. And so to the extent that people have previously been disempowered through various controlling forces, factions, you know, other things, then simply recognizing this, doing the taps and, uh, you, you know, brings empowerment back to the individual. Um, now, um, and, and so can I then sort of segue into probably this, the second half, probably the last five minutes of this conversation. And that is that um, I don't think you are here to promote uh, to bring fear into people that oh there's a controlling mm. eye you know Not at all. you know there's a there's a faction there's a force there's evil you know so none of that it is all about um, uh, bringing empowerment back to the individual and so but there are a number of people for various reasons that buy into any and all conspiracy theories mm -hmm. so can we just quickly talk about conspiracy theories in general? And I'm not going to ask you what your point of view is on particular conspiracy theories. You know, you can, 
anyone listening to this podcast can probably name, you know, a couple of dozen, you know, choice conspiracy theories. But what is your general commentary around conspiracy theories? What do you want people to know about mm. them? And what do you want them to do about it? This is good questions. Thank you, Marvin. So to me, conspiracy theories are people desperate to know the truth. They don't yeah. know how to get the truth. So they're trying to harvest truth any way they can, but they're, they're limited by the equations that they were given, A plus B equals C. So if your equations A plus B equals a one lifetime reality, you're not going to be able to get to your truth if if your truth is um, st stemmed in a past lifetime or in a different reality that doesn't even exist on Earth. So having a linear vantage point and being stuck in that linear vantage point is going to prevent people from getting to the truth for themselves. And um, they so. So the conspiracy theories are a way to to look for truth in a peripheral way. So, okay, we, we can't look into ourselves. We can't know what dynamic beings we are. We can't look at our past lifetimes. How are we going to, like, delve into truth? So they look for these things. Um, another thing to know is that anything that brings them fear has already mm -hmm. happened in the, the analogs of their human or their experiences. So if there's a fear-based thing, it's not something that's going to happen. It's already happened. So you might as well do the the beauty of the energetic cleanse and the SFT protocols is you don't have to know the answers. Yeah. So the problem with the conspiracy theories is you you trying you trying to define the equation using the answers that you surmised with a limited brain. Yeah. So you think the answer is aliens coming from another planet or JFK, whatever. So you're ending with that. But instead, why don't you just leave it wide open and do the energetic cleanse with the conspiracy theories, all conspiracy theories, all fear-based notions, yeah. um, all, you know, whatever. If you can, like, name what you're afraid of or what, your belief is mm -hmm. and if you do the energetic cleanse with it anything that is untrue or unlove will be dissipated and you'll be left with the truth and the love of it and it dissipates everything else you don't have to know the answer you don't yeah. have to even like in politics if if you think that this guy or that guy is is the main person and everyone else is criminal yeah. why don't you just do the energetic cleanse on all those who are corrupt. Yeah. And then you don't have to know the final answer. Whether just, this one is or that one is. Right. It, it just It's just a way to upgrade you. And your higher self knows all this. And then mm. maybe you will get clarity in, in your individual self. But maybe you won't. And maybe you'll just dissipate the fear or the need to like, the need to be driven because what happens is there's psychic energies, there's people who know how to perceive an energy, and they're not the mainstream people who think what I do is 
is guff. It's people who are controlling, know about how to perceive an energy and know how to manipulate those who are fear-based and stuck in a one vantage point position. So the way to get out of that, oh, I'm losing my point, Marvin. I think the way, what you're saying is the way to get out of it uh, uh, is don't add fuel to the fire, suck, take, right. withdraw your energy from it. And, right. and when you, and, and in energy, the, uh, the visualization that I've got is that you um, starve out a fire by taking out the oxygen. So don't add oxygen, otherwise it's just going to keep fueling the fire. And that's what the energetic cleanse does in the other SFT protocols is right. there's there's factions out there that are driving conspiracy theories to use yep. you as a fuel source for their nefarious agendas. So instead of buying into that through, yep. through naivety or ignorance. Well, or, or a desire to want to know the answer. And this seems plausible because it, you know, whatever, right. for whatever well, reason people buy. Yeah, exactly. So if you like dissipate, if you do the energetic cleanse, then it can dissipate all that psychic energy. And then the truth, uh, and it can just hit you like, oh, wow, that makes total sense. And you yeah. can get more truth than you could ever imagine from looking like, in websites out there that are just chock full of psychic energy to to derail you yeah and what's interesting the more spiritual the more aware you are the yeah. more that you can be corrupted for your energy is like a more octane form of fuel so yeah. the higher you are in awareness and the and the and and if you're able to be duped at a higher awareness, yeah. that's more energy that can be used to, to enslave the masses into a lower set of consciousness. Yeah. So I think your main message here is, um, don't, you know, in your energy, don't necessarily buy into the, um, by all means, be aware of the conspiracy theories, but not necessarily buy into them, withdraw your energy from them. And the SFT tapping protocol is a great way of doing that. And when you do withdraw your energy from it, then, you know, the, it just starves for oxygen and it just peters out. And I really like the idea, what you're saying is that there are those that will put conspiracy theories out there with the intent and hope that they catch on and perpetuate and get shared and whatever. And that is their entire purpose. And so mm -hmm. the best way to mitigate it is not to even not to play in that same pit. And along those realms, people who meditate and they're not getting above the mental realms, yeah. if they're like, if they're meditating to get to the universal mind, that's yeah. a, that's a red flag because the factions that know how to corrupt have corrupted yeah. The, ment the realms all the way up to the pure soul plane. So the mental realms have been contaminated just as much as the, the air on earth or the water on earth has been contaminated. So yep. that might be another reason why people might have a difficulty meditating. And I know I'm going to get like blowback from people who say, oh, I do just fine. Well, great. If you do just fine, that works for you. But this isn't for you then. This is for the people 
who struggle and struggle to meditate and feel like they're doing something wrong mm-hmm. or they feel like they're sucking down thought engrams and such because they might be. They might be swimming in dirty waters and not know the difference. Good. In 30 seconds or less, are you able to uh, share with the listener what you mean by the universal mind? Yeah. So, um, ooh. so in meditations, uh, some practices, some beliefs believe that the mind is, is, is God, like the universal mind is God, but it's not. It's the top of the mental realms. And if you're only coming from the physical and think of the universal mind, and um, um, it, it might seem like it's like omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient, but it's not. There's the it's the glass ceiling, and the ego, the ego, the universal mind um, exists at this. It is the ego and stuff. So if you want to break through that glass ceiling and get to the pure positive realms. You have to challenge the ego, and that's what enlightenment is, is going beyond the universal mind, and that's why you have to go it alone, because any group, any faction, any thing that information you got out here, even maybe what we do, is not going to get you there. You have to use whatever we give you here as breadcrumbs to get there inwardly from yourself. Everything that's written is truths by the sages who've made it past the mind mm-hmm. into higher consciousness was meant for breadcrumbs. It yep. was never meant to be a mandate. And so yep. people sabotage themselves, groups sabotage whole demographics by making that the mandate because you can't get there from this outer information. You have yep. to tap into it yourself through direct knowingness. Yeah. What a fascinating topic. Um, Can I suggest the next podcast episode picks up on the topic of the universal mind and the five layers of existence? Because you talk about that a lot. um, And I think that would make a very interesting conversation for the next podcast episode. Would, Would that entail, would you want to include the daisy of death? Oh, absolutely. Because if if they're interconnected, then absolutely. So yes, that's a good one. The five layers of existence, the universal mind, the daisy of death, um, how to sort of break out of that. Because it, it, in fact, I, I think the next podcast really is going to be a continuation of this one, because this one has been juicy, to use one of your words, fascinating. Thank you very much, Jen. Thank you, Gunter. Thank you, little Jen. Thank you, listeners. Please share, like, subscribe, comment, and and particularly please share because the more the sharing happens, the more you're connecting in the work. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Bye for now.
Thank you. 